Hey, welcome to Feeling Twisty. These past couple of years have been amazing learning about the power of imagination. And it's not like I invented it. I didn't create some new program. I don't have a, you know, a program to sell you that you got to buy my thing to get this because you already have this. And that's what I've been learning, that this power is what gives life to everything. It, it is this power. Everything is sustained by our imagination. Each and every one of us has that same I am, that same I amness, that same awareness that created the universe. And we give life to the universe. And everything I imagine about myself and about the world is what I experience. And I talk about, I think just about every episode I talk about, an imaginal scene, creating an imaginal scene. Again, I didn't create these, I didn't come up with how to do this. This is, I've gotten from Neville Goddard and from 2020, but Neville talks about how your imagination is what he calls the I amness, God within all of us. And that you can be anything you want and experience anything you want. And we've been doing it all along, unintentionally or unwittingly, imagining up good, bad, and indifferent in our lives. And if you start to notice, uncritically looking at your life and noticing your assumptions, what you assume to be true about yourself, about your environment, about the world is what you experience. What you know to be true is what confronts you in life. And that's what Neville talks about all the time. I do want to share a story. He talks about this often. He uses this example of the power of imagination. This story takes place uh, way back, I'm thinking 1933, or maybe it's 1939. It's in the 30s, I think. It doesn't matter. It's back before they had airliners, uh, passenger airplanes going between the U.S. and Barbados. He and his wife and his daughter were visiting his family. That's where he grew up, on the island of Barbados. So he's there on Barbados, took a ship, and he didn't, before he left New York City, he didn't book a secure passage back home, back to the United States. And so when it came time for him to leave, and this is April of that year, he needed to be back for speaking engagement, the beginning of May. And he needed to, uh, so he needed to leave within a few weeks. He goes down to the ticket office for the ship. Sorry, sir, you can't get out of here until September. It's going to be months because there's 2,000 people ahead of you on the waiting list. And Neville didn't freak out. He says, you know, he could have flipped out, sent the telegram to the people in Milwaukee. Sorry, I'm not going to make it. Can't make it to talk to you about the power of imagination because I'm stuck here on Barbados. He could have gone to his brother, Vic, Victor. Victor and his dad were growing a business, the family business. It was getting bigger and bigger back then. It still is. It's a huge business to this day. And so Victor had a lot of pull on the island of Barbados. He could have gone to his brother and asked him to just pull some strings and get him and his wife and daughter on the, a cruise ship, on the ship back home. He didn't do that. 
he did the one thing he knew would work without a doubt. He went back to the hotel, sat in his easy chair, and got into that state akin to sleep that he talks about, that drowsy feeling. And he let that easy chair become the little boat that takes passengers from the dock out to the ship, to board the ship. He let that chair become that, that boat. And in his imagination, he feels the waves, the move, rocking of the small boat. He sees his wife and daughter and his brothers there. And he plays out this whole scene where they pull up to the gangplank. His, his brother grab, picks up his daughter to help get her up the gangplank. All in imagination, he walks up the gangplank, feels the railing, smells the sea, uh, the salty air of the, of the sea, and even goes up at the top before entering the ship, looks back at, at the island. And he talks about he, how he, he did this until he felt the realness of it all, felt the emotions of happiness and relief that he's leaving in time to make it to his uh, speaking engagement but then sadness that he's saying goodbye to his family on the island of Barbados. All of these things he kept doing in his imagination until it took on the tones of reality. He talks about in a number of lectures how while doing this, his, his mind would wander and he would just bring it right back, bring his attention back to that scene, start over on the boat, up the game plank, his mind would wander, bring it back, start over do the scene again, over and over, until it felt natural to him. And then he dozes off for just a moment, he said, took a small nap in the chair. And not long after, he gets a call and the tickets are available. Someone canceled suddenly and somehow, instead of the other 2,000 people ahead of him, he gets called to get passage back to the United States in time to his, uh, get to a speaking engagement in May. I'll read you the quote. Uh, this is from uh, the uh, lecture, An Inner Conviction. If I could climb a gangplank, by the way, I think I've said gangplank more in this ep podcast, this episode, than I ever have in my entire life added up. If Tom Trahan's listening, he'll let me know if I've said this to, uh, <laughs> a lot. I feel like I've said gangplank a lot. If I could climb a gangplank that is not visible, and while I'm climbing it, feeling that I'm actually doing it and watching all the things, and then put my hand on the rail and look with nostalgia towards the island that I'm leaving and the family that I'm leaving behind, and yet it's a peculiar feeling. I'm leaving them and I'm sad, and yet I'm happy in the going. I want to get back to my apartment in New York City, and therefore I've got to leave them. So there's this peculiar, bittersweet feeling. I feel it so naturally. And suddenly the phone is ringing and the call is coming. I'm taking the next boat to get back just in time. So he did this imaginal scene until he had that peculiar certainty, this feeling of realness, that it's already true. And he didn't mention it here, but he does in a number of lectures. He just nodded off. It's okay. Once you complete the scene, just nod off to sleep. Take a little nap. Or not. 
do it until you take it takes on the tones of reality until you have what Neville calls this peculiar certainty, this knowing that I may not be able to convey exactly what this knowing feels like until you experience it, till you know what this peculiar certainty is. Back when I was healed, it was just a little imaginal scene. The scene wasn't the, that's not what the power was. It was, it was what it implied and the feeling of realness, this peculiar certainty, this knowing beyond any doubt. There's no room for doubt. There's not even, there's not even a little gap in there, any wiggle room. It's an absolute knowing, this certainty that it's done. And within days, I was healed out of the wheelchair for good. You can do this with anything. You can be any, but anything, do anything in life that you want. First, know what you want. Know what you want to do. Travel. New business idea. A new podcast. You want to run for political office? <laughs> It's everywhere now. I'm seeing, I'm, there's a, my television's on mute and there's a political ad. Made me think of that. Good luck to you, buddy. Yeah, but if you want, there's nothing wrong with it. But you don't need to seek advice in, at first. First, go to the end. Don't check polls and read demographics and, and what, is, what should I do? Is this even possible? Maybe it's not a good idea. I'm, I'm the wrong skin color. Bullcrap. Never should that be a problem within you. Never let that stop you. I'm the wrong sex. I'm the wrong color. I'm from the wrong country. All of that's bullcrap. Bullcrap. <laughs> the same I am, that same awareness is in each and every one of us. It is each and every one of us. Although we seem separate and different and others, we're not. We're all one. So that should never be something to stop you. The only thing that's going to stop you for real is doubt. If you doubt that it's possible. If you have this peculiar certainty that I'm talking about, then nothing can stop you. So what is it you want? And then ask yourself, how would it feel? What would it feel like if that were already true? If I am that person, if I have that political office, if I have that business, and not just getting the business, what would it feel like if I've been successful at this business and growing it every year? And I'm years ahead now. What if I'm looking back and it's been a decade? How would that feel? And whether you're rehearsing an imaginal scene in your mind and bringing all the tones of reality into that so that you feel it to be real. Or you're just asking yourself, what would the feeling be like? The key is for it to feel real. Get to the point where you have that peculiar certainty that it's done and nothing at all can stop it. I'm gonna read you uh, another quote. If tonight you wanted, I don't care what it is, and the concept, you contemplate it, you contemplate it, and so contemplate it that it seems to be real, so natural that it awakens within you that feeling of certainty that it's real. Well, 
No power in this world can stop it. It can't stop it. If you look out for confirmation from others, then you're not doing it. Don't ask anyone if what you did is right or wrong. Did you do it? Then that's all. You don't have to ask. You don't have to check the polls to see if it's a popular idea. You don't have to see if there are other people with other businesses similar to yours to see if maybe the market's saturated. It wouldn't work here. Bullcrap. Nobody wants to hear my podcast. My friend Oren Parker, who has Find the Good News with Oren Parker, a fabulous, fantastic podcast. Oh, my God. He's a, like a powerhouse at this. He, he's an inspiration. He didn't check to see. You know, I wonder if, if a podcast about good things and people doing good things and good news, would that even work? Is that, should I take a survey and see if anybody would be interested in that? No. He knew what he wanted, and he went for it. And he, uh, in one of his B-side podcasts that I got to listen to as a patron of his uh, in the Early Risers, patr- uh, as a patron on the Early Risers group is what it's called on Patreon with his, Find the Good News. On one of those private podcasts, he talked about how when he's doing a podcast, it's recorded, but he's imagining, he, he said picturing, I think, or he said in his mind, he sees people, a, a live audience, and, and pulls that into his imagination, that he has a, an audience. He, he sees the audience in his mind. And his audience is growing and growing. It's amazing. It's such a high-quality podcast. You would never, you know, we're from the Gulf Coast of the United States, not a heavily populated area if you compare it to other metropolises. But he's got big time, big city quality in his podcast. And it all started within him with a desire. So don't check to see if it's a popular thing first or to see if it would work. What would you want to do? How would it feel if that were true now, right now? Dwell in that feeling. Let it become a part of you. Marry it. Become one with it. Until you have that peculiar certainty. I guess that's going to be the title of this. Peculiar certainty. All right. Get out there and rock it. I love you. This is Feeling Twisty.